We're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed, uh, most prominently the latest ones, uh, Odyssey and Valhalla. And before we talk about those two, um, we need to talk about Banjo and Kazooie. Have you ever played Banjo and Kazooie stuff? <laughs> no, I can't say I have. <laughs> it's a very, very fun game for the Nintendo 64 where you collect a bunch of stuff. And when you collect a bunch of stuff, you unlock things so you can go and collect even more stuff. Um, Got it. Which, uh, does that remind you of a game? (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of all the games, honestly. (laughs) Recently, it very much has been. Uh, A lot of games have really doubled down on the whole uh, collect-a-thon thing, haven't they? Mm -hmm. Um, And welcome to Arcade Militia, the best podcast with the best takes. I am Jackie. And I am Steph. Yeah, we're talking about collectathons and assassin's creed <laughs> so recently we we've been talking about assassin's creed for for a bit um and mostly because when it came out way back when in the distant distant past of 2020 uh, assassin's creed valhalla came out and we we're very very excited for valhalla because we both played Odyssey and we really enjoyed it. But then Valhalla came out and it was uh, it wasn't as good to to, to say it in a <laughs> in very nice terms. It was underwhelming. Underwhelming, which is not what you want from a game that has Vikings on it, right? If you have Vikings on it, I feel like underwhelming is like the worst thing you can be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and especially because they put out so many of those good uh, trailers that made it look like it was going to be a lot more action intensive than it actually was. Right? Like boarding the beaches and like raiding, like, you know, there's like full on wars with like against like the British or mm. yeah, I guess the Picts and stuff like that. And oh, God, it looks so cool. It's so metal. And then you get to play the game and it's like, you know, like it's, it's like a, it's like a, almost like a, a pub brawl. There's like five people like beating each other. <laughs> It's not very impressive. There's like three or four people like just like getting on fist fights with each other. It's very different from the all of war trailers uh, we have. <laughs> uh, and especially because in Valhalla, it felt like a lot of the fights that you end up getting into have so very little context leading up to them. It it almost um, yeah. had a feeling of like a Skyrim game where people just want to attack you because you <laughs> happen to walk next to them on the road. And I was like, what are we doing? We already did this trope to death. <laughs> it should never have come here. <laughs> Just immediately pull out like an axe. <laughs> yeah, at least in uh, in Odyssey, there's like in Odyssey, you don't really get attacked unless it's like you're going into like a military building. You're not supposed to be there. Whereas in uh, in Valhalla, it's like it's open season. It's like as long if if you look if you look uh, if you look Swedish enough, they all want to murder you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which is wild. And I think, aside from the combat and like the the, the other stuff, um, one of the reasons why Valhalla was so underwhelming for me specifically was how the exploring didn't really feel very entertaining, right? With Odyssey, like there's a, a chain of things that happen within the game's main quest that is very, um, it kind of pulls you in because mm-hmm. you complete a mission here. 
And this mission unlocks you a new area for you to explore. And you go explore that, that area and the new mission, a main, main mission from the game starts happening. And while you're there, you discover like four other characters who are like extremely well voice acted and look really good. And they like give you other missions. And you're like, oh, sh this, my, this is the main mission, but it isn't. There's just like normal side missions. So you do those and those unlock more things for you to explore. And then you do those and you unlock more people to talk to who give you more missions to unlock, you know, like it just goes on and on and on like that. And just kind of grips you into like going through the motions of trying to basically like look at this entire map because the map of odyssey is huge so like it gives you a reason to like actually check out every single area and every single island to figure out like uh you know like when is your journey gonna end it kind of keeps you keeps you playing over and over again whereas with valhalla it just I don't know. It never really feels like you get anything from from just exploring the land, because you get like a little mission that takes like two minutes to do. Yeah, and they all start very, very, very quickly in Valhalla. The areas start to look very similar, to where there's no payoff for it, and that's something that Odyssey did very well. Like going from island to island, or even areas within an island you felt like you were walking into something new, so it made you excited to want to stick around and explore a little bit more because, you know, it's totally different, totally different characters, totally different weapons, you know. There was just something to see. There was a real payoff for going off the road a little bit and kind of seeing what the world had to offer for you. Yeah, which I guess is one of the issues with Valhalla as well, right? It's like you have the main quests, which you check on your little, like, war map, and you can be like, okay, I'm going to go to this area next. And when you get there, you have the main quest. And when you finish the main quest, there isn't a whole lot to do that's very engaging in that area. It's like, sure, you can go around to try to collect a new piece of armor or to try to collect more resources so you can craft stuff. But there's nothing that's really, like, like uh, you know, super engaging. It's just like, yeah. it's just collect-a-thon for the sake of collect-a-thon. Which is why I was mentioning Badger and Kazooie, because that game is a, a perfect example of a game that does that well where like you have tons of stuff to collect but the gameplay is engaging and the, the maps are engaging and the mini games are engaging so even though you're collecting for the sake of collecting it never really feels old it never really feels like it's 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 like getting to your nerves or anything um mm -hmm. where odyssey falls on the different side of the spectrum where you're collecting stuff because you want to hear more of the story you want to hear more of the characters you want to have that that cool experience but you know like it like it always drives you through to do more, so it never really feels old either. With Valhalla, it's just like, oh, you can like walk for thirty minutes in this open area, so maybe you get a new boot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing about Valhalla was I didn't care about the main quest. Like there was nothing about that storyline that made me feel motivated to really have any kind of like time crunch or feel like I really needed to be invested in this. I was just like, huh, interesting. What's behind that tree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's uh it's its main reason is because the that the way that Valhalla presents his story to you is in a very like extremely slow paced manner where like the idea is like you're trying to build these alliances to make your kingdom stronger. So there's really no like real sense of urgency or anything. It's like go talk to these people and see if they have something for you. Maybe they maybe they will, maybe they won't. Who knows? Whereas with um with Odyssey, as trite as it is and as overplayed as it is, the whole trope of like you're trying to find your father that you know like betrayed you is like a 
pretty good starter thing. It's like, you have, we finally have a lead to where your father who betrayed you is. And you want to, you want answers or you want revenge. It's like, it kind of, kind of keeps you motivated a bit more than just, you know, like, I guess you could say like, um, legal administrative reasons. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, even before you get to that point, you're whether you're playing as the male or the female character, your entire incentive is just to survive and try and get yourself in a little bit better position than you're in at the very opening of the story. So there's always a reason to keep going so it doesn't feel as um, like drab, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It's a... Um... It's a little fight for survival. Not to mention, I feel like it really—they really did an amazing job with the with Odyssey by making your character a mercenary, because like it doesn't really matter how cool your character is or how how awesome your character gets. Like your character is still a mercenary, so you do work. Like if yeah. someone is like, "Hey, I need my cat saved," if they pay enough, you do it. You're a mercenary. Whereas with something like Valhalla, kind of it's kind of hard to justify why you know the the yarl of a of a of a you know village would you know uh, meddle with these lowly affairs <laughs> of these peasants. It's like uh, you're worried with more important things. So it's a bit yeah. it's a bit of a harder sell too. Yeah, and and I think that that's probably the other thing that makes odyssey stay engaging no matter how high level you get is that you're never quite playing a character who is aspiring to rule over anything or anyone they're literally just trying to go about and do their own thing in the world so there's from a story perspective makes sense that they just keep fighting and they keep traveling and, and going forward and trying to figure out the mysteries of life it seems more satisfying to keep playing from a role-playing perspective than to just be someone who's like, oh, well, I want a bigger kingdom. <laughs> that too. I mean, it does, again, it, it, Valhalla does sort of expand upon that, but much later, and it takes too long for you to get like actually invested in, the, in this thing. Especially because also, um, minor spoilers ahead for Valhalla and Odyssey. Um, in Odyssey, the, the whole thing, you know, the game is about Assassin's Creed. So the the whole thing with with Odyssey, the 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 pool of Assassin's Creed is much bigger because you know you're supposed to be a um, a sneaky mystius, sure, but the order of assassins and the order of the Templars and that whole whole thing it's kind of like mute in Odyssey, doesn't mm. really exist up until the DLC. So like what you're engaging more in here is just the more fantastical aspect of Assassin's Creed, which is like the the story like of the aliens that wanted to come to Earth and and like rule Earth and stuff like that. So like all of that like has a really good grounding and setting with this because your character holds the spear of Leonidas, which is like a mystical spear that was imbued by powers of these aliens. So it feels very like grounded in that sense, right? It feels like your your um the story of Cassandra is like very, very interlinked with like this whole mythos. But with um, Valhalla, it's like your characters just by happenstance happens to meet some assassins and they just happen to be interesting to Eivor. And you just happen to be there at the right place at the right time to be like, okay, yeah, this assassin thing looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And and that's how you get like, that's how you start like looking up the whole assassin thing. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I liked about Odyssey the which I'd forgotten until I did a playthrough when we decided we were going to um, talk about this, was the fact that you in uh, Odyssey forget 
that you're an outside person, like research, like, or at least I did. I completely forgot about like that meta aspect of it, that in the middle of the game, you'll get pulled out of your simulation and have to like answer questions. And I was like, Oh yeah, I completely <laughs> yeah. forgot. <about> the, thing. <laughs> the, the, the worst part of the game that everyone hates and nobody likes. <laughs> you yeah. kind of forget that's a thing. Yeah. 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 And that's why, cause it doesn't feel like, um, well, I mean, it feels forced in there, but it's only because by the time it comes back up, you're just like, no, this is a really big deal. I want to see what's happening. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for sure. Yeah, I feel like the people who develop Odyssey like knew that the the whole aspect of like the people, act, the, all your player actually memories are not actually playing these things. I feel like they knew that, that that's like the, the least interesting part of the game and nobody really paid attention that much so it's put very sparingly in in odyssey whereas in valhalla it has a bit more prominence because uh again minor spoilers it gets revealed kind of early in valhalla but in valhalla uh the world is ending and there's an apocalypse and the only way to prevent the apocalypse is to find (laughs) where eivor died your main character in the game so you're actually going through the memories of eivor to try to figure out where they died and if they learned anything during that time because uh yeah again a, a bit of a harder sell whereas in odyssey you're just you're still in the same trail of that of that idea of that storyline it's just that it's much earlier on and it's like i think you have for like almost like 40 hours of gameplay to beat the main quest you think you get like less than 20 minutes <laughs> with the yeah. people in the present day so that's really good because again nobody really care for that it's very yeah. boring. Yeah, and I, I mean, at this point, it almost feels like those links are just to continue to have some kind of cohesion throughout the series of games. Like, <laughs> I, nobody yes, remembers what this started out being anymore. <laughs> nah, I feels like it, it. almost reminds me of like the 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 long title cross from Star Wars. Like yeah. nobody, <laughs> nobody reads those. Nobody cares for those. Just just get on with it. Let's get start yeah, that movie, right? please. <laughs> so the reason I, I, I bring um, a lot of other collectathons when talking about Odyssey in particular is that oh my god this game is huge and there's so many areas to cover oh. you have uh, you have like the quests and again this game is insane like each one of these areas uh, is separated by levels mm-hmm. so you need to be like a certain level before you can actually even venture into these other areas of the game um, you can venture before, it's just that you're probably going to take a lot of damage because the enemies are going to be very overleveled compared to where you are. Um, but, you know, like, there's just so many, like, each one of these areas will have, like, a fully voice, uh, like, quest line. Some areas will have multiple of those, and they're all, like, side missions. And they all have, like, really neat, neat stories and a lot of voice acting and a lot of, like, moral choices you can take on every little bit of it. And it's, like, they're, they're all multi-parted and asks you to do, like, a bunch of different things. It's, like... It's a collectathon of quests because, mm-hmm. you know, as you complete these quests, you do unlock like arm set armor pieces that can give you bonuses. So you do want to collect all of them. And when you collect all of them, you do get extra stuff. So the game really does want you to go and check off every single one of these uh, little things that you can do here. Um, you know, like bandit camps and fortresses and, you know, faction wars and all that stuff. The game wants you to do every single one of them. And... It's an interesting thing when um, when you get like something like Odyssey, which is very fun to do these kind of things. Like it, it, it starts kind of slow, but it starts picking up the more skills you unlock. And that's another thing too. 
oh my god, there's so many abilities in this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a and lot the of abilities. Ways that you can put them together and make such super interesting characters just off of three different trees is amazing. Yeah, because the game never really asks you to like do just the one thing. Of course, you can be like the super stealthy silent assassin. Or you can yeah. be like just uh, you know meathead warrior that just goes in and just beats the, the crap out of people, um, or you can just be like a ranged user and just play this like you're playing like a third person shooter. But you you can it's very viable to have like a little bit in every tree for like each occasion. And even if you don't want to do that, the game allows you to have like loadout slots, so you can have like different builds <laughs> for for different things you want to do. It's uh it's amazing. Like it's it's a re- like if. It it functions really well. Again, if you if you saw the last episode, I like numbers, and this <laughs> game offers quite a bit of numbers. So I I really do enjoy how they 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 kind of set this up. But then when you compare this to Valhalla, Valhalla is very stingy with abilities. You have to be in the right place. You have to figure out where the abilities are, um, which you do by spending a ludicrous amount of money to oh my god even before that you need to get a map maker on your on your little settlement yeah. and when you get the little map maker in your settlement you go to him you pay an exorbitant amount of money so he can give you the location of a skill and once you have the location of the skill you need to go there and unlock the skill by usually beating a bunch of people but sometimes that skill will be in a place that is extremely high level and you won't be able to get there until much later in the game and it's like it's a whole thing for you to get a new skill for you to play with compared to like this game where you just purchased a thing. <laughs> you just level up by doing things and then you just, just press the button and you unlock it. Yeah, well, and plus, one of the things that I thought was really neat about Odyssey, because it's something that I've only recently noticed more game uh, developers are getting into, but they have the ability to just completely pay a fee and then bring all of your skills back into your plate and redistribute them however you want. Which I was just like, can you imagine just in the middle of a game being like, eh, I don't want to be a tank anymore. I think I'm just going to be a... Super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, respecting, man. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, That's another thing I, I love about it. Because it's also like you can do that the same thing with armors. Once you mm-hmm. unlock a set, you can like put that set in different armor pieces. And you can change how the armor piece looks for free. Like it's 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 a very like, I don't know, it feels very comfortable. And of course, this game has been out for a while. So there hasn't been a lot of like quality of life updates to it. It wasn't like this at launch. But where it stands, it just feels like such a comfortable game that like it really does care about how you how you feel as a player. Like it doesn't really want to waste your time too much. It just wants you to like explore this world, which is which is great. Well, that and, you know, once again, when I started my new character after we started talking about this, I fully did not expect to still be as blown away by the graphics as I was. I remember when I first played it, I was completely overwhelmed because everything was so beautiful, especially the way that the sun just reflects off of the ocean and you always get all these really nice visuals of like the wildlife in the background. And I haven't played it for, I don't know, over a year now. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to have the same expectation because I I just know I'm going to look at it and it's going to look like Oblivion or something. And and no, as soon as it started up, I was just like, huh, yep, still gorgeous. (laughs) I Very much so. I mean, you know, uh, people, I hope people don't get mad at me. I feel like the people who live in England would probably agree with me, but it's, it's a no brainer, right? Like, 
you have like these beautiful, absolutely like gorgeous vistas from from um, from Odyssey, where you just yeah. go to like Athena and you can see like the port and it's like it's sunny and there's all these like very classical ancient Greece architecture and it looks everything looks beautiful and pristine and in and, and, and the people are like there the towns are just absolutely bustling with people. There's so many people around and they have mm -hmm. pyres burning and like the temples and stuff. And it looks so visually gorgeous sunsets it is something that really took my breath away because the there's a lot of games with great graphics, but ones that put the details into something like the clouds for a sunset, I was just uh it was amazing. Yeah, the skybox in this game is, is quite amazing for sure. But then, like, again, no no offense, and I really think most British people will agree with me on this one, but England is not exactly pretty. And then you take to, like, medieval England, like, early medieval England, and it's, like, it's just, it's just bogs and marshes and some, <laughs> like, you know, wooded area, and it's very foggy almost all the time and it's almost always raining all the time and the towns that they had back then were you know like they're not visually impressive they were just there to like you know keep the wolves out and keep the people in kind of towns yeah but i, I argue seeing like even with the worst areas in odyssey that i don't feel like the graphics just were as or the art style in general was as big of a deal for valhalla because i feel like even things like you know, as simple as the woods, they could have added a little bit more depth too. I mean, hell, even um, what was it, Fallout Three? That one DLC where you end up going into the swamps, and it, you know, the pit. Yes, it, I mean that was meant to be. A oh, it's not the pit. I'm sorry, sorry. Oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take away my my gamer card. It wasn't the pit. It was um. Oh, oh god, they're gonna they're gonna take away my my gamer card. Was it the, the Fallout Three um, DLC Swamp? Oh, yeah. Fuck! What was it? Point Lookout. It was Point yes. Lookout. Please don't don't take don't don't remove my my gamer card, please. Right. <laughs> I know I know the DLC of Fallout Three. <laughs> <laughs> but even that was, I mean, uh, it, it, that would technically be an extremely ugly atmosphere, but they still made it look like something you wanted to play around in. So I know it can be done. I just it. Because because that's the thing too. Like uh, the the people in Assassin's Creed really do value their um, historical accuracy, or at least their historical accuracy of representation. Because it's like, of course, you know, minotaurs don't exist in real life, even though you get to fight a minotaur in this game. But you know, for stuff like you know, like just the city, the feel. Like a good example of that is like if you look at the statues in in uh, in Odyssey, the ancient Greek statues are painted. They look like absolute trash, but that's mm -hmm. how they were back then. So, you know, they have that attention to detail. So I would imagine they had something similar with the Valhalla where maybe they wanted to make it better better looking. But it's just, you know, it's it's early medieval England and it's just kind of bland. Like most of the <laughs> things in England, it's just kind of bland. There's just really not there's there's just really not much to like to to like fantasize about it's just it's just it's it's very simple it's very straightforward and it's uh yeah it's it's a shame that that's how it is but it's this is like you know where you get like the like like how picturesque this looks in in odyssey going for like the the the, the, the towns in athens and like the like just seeing like you know this this very antique sort of architecture and like in and, and um 
these uh, ancient Greek like sculptures and then and, and shrines and temples. Like it don't get anything like that in Valhalla. It's mm-hmm. just because you know, it's just a because a lot of <laughs> early medieval um, period in England is just you know it's very derivative. You know, like like I said, they build towns to keep people in and wolves out. There was not ever a lot of thought into like making grandeur things of of amazing scale and beautiful symmetry because they. They don't really care much about that. They did when they did their their, their temples, right? When like the, the churches, some of the churches look okay. But again, in that game, it's almost always raining and it's almost always foggy and it's like overcast because that's how England is. But that does not lead to like the most beautiful sights <laughs> in a game. It's not very pleasant to the eye. Yeah, and, and you did raise a good point, too, because I remember talking about it in one of the architecture courses I took was that, you know, there was definitely a period in history where um, survival was the most important thing. And that's kind of what's being represented in Valhalla, whereas in um, ancient Greece, that would have been a time where there was a hell of a lot more prosperity. So it was a lot easier for arts and, you know, art for the sake of art to thrive than, you know, when you're trying to get past a plague yeah. and all that shit so makes sense <laughs> yeah if if you're if you if you don't have a lot of iron and you don't have a lot of wood there is no reason to raise a 30 foot tall bronze statue in the name of the gods you kind of right. just want to you know make a nice fire <laughs> and make <laughs> some nice walls that can keep the cold out um so again i get it it's it, and it almost feels almost mean right that's that's the the point where i get upset because it's like it's not like i want to bash the, the the developers of valhalla for being accurate it's just that the place that they're accurately portraying is kind of bland <laughs> compared to <Yeah>. ancient greece <laughs> so they stepped it up in some other way and it kind of just felt like they got so into having this very specific formula for assassin's creed that it didn't quite work with Valhalla because they couldn't make up for the shortcomings with anything else like they have in the past. They tried to their defense. They tried because there is a huge portion of that game where you go to, um, you go to like the mythological areas, much like you go in, 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 uh, in Odyssey uh, on the DLC, you get to visit, um, you get to visit Elysium, which is like paradise, and you get to visit the underworld, which is you know hell, and you get to visit Atlantis. Atlantis was one of my favorite DLCs I've ever seen. That was one of the most gorgeous. It things. looks so beautiful. Oh my god, the art direction! Yeah, it's phenomenal. The art direction in all those worlds are insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have in Valhalla, you also get to go. You get to go to Val. Well, you got to go to Valhalla. You got to go to, um, you know, the the you got to go to uh, Jotunheim. Um, you got to go to like uh, all the places that are, you know, mythologically important to um, to to the Norse uh, mythology. But even then, they just it just look kind of bland as well, <laughs> because again, <laughs> art imitates, you know, like life imitates art and vice versa. So it's like the game, the whole like. Uh, architecture and everything just kind of imitates like again early medieval uh, architecture and stuff and it just it just looks kind of bland and kind of like I don't know it doesn't Jotunheim is just like just snowy and there's a lot of like you know octagonal structures of stone it's Mm -hmm. not very interesting compared to like something like the underworld in a in a in an odyssey where it's just like oh my god this looks like a great representation of what hell would look like it looks absolutely amazing yeah i remember actually 
with the um looking at the scenes with the underworld it reminded me of everything that i kind of um had in mind when i read dante's inferno um and it was just captured so well in the art style but also like the music they're playing and kind of like what the characters like experiencing on the screen it was i mean that's what i want from video games i want them to bring to life my imagination and that's something that they did really well with all the different things that your character experiences in odyssey for sure yeah and it's uh i think because they they definitely you know because they're making a game they probably took a lot of inspiration from that is inferno to to do something like this because it's uh again with with artistical uh, liberty, they did an amazing job to what the underworld probably looked like, mm-hmm. uh, and again, I that's why I hate right because I, I I've 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 read the some of the Norse like I I, I I read some of the sagas, and the way that they portrayed like all these mythological worlds in um in Valhalla is pretty accurate, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not. It's not their fault that it just kind of looks kind of bland. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. It's just it's just kind of looks like kind of kind of bland. But they they did a pretty accurate job of portraying it. I feel like it's just the culture is just you know like not much a culture of art or imagination. It's very much a culture of again survival. So I guess it, it's it's more likely that it would be like that. But yeah, yeah. it feels a shame because. Because again, that's another thing, and that I wanted to link up on is the characters. Because that's another huge thing, right? In video games, video games usually have characters, and these characters usually talks talk with their mouths, and words come out. Um, and the ones in in Odyssey are just so much more relatable and cool mm-hmm. than uh, the ones in Valhalla by like a mile. It's not even comparable. I feel like if. If in the timeline of the gaming series, Valhalla had come before Odyssey, we probably would have liked it a lot more. Because probably I have to go back and say it's not a bad game. It just came on the heels of one of the best Assassin's Creed games. So it had so much to live up to and it just kind of fell flat. Which is a and also another interesting prospect, right? Because um, a huge portion of of what made Odyssey great was taking everything people liked from Assassin's Creed Origins and just kind of making it even better. Because these are two different houses producing these games, right? There's two different developers that kind of switch off between each of the um, iterations of Assassin's Creed. So mm-hmm. the guys made the guys who made Origin are largely the same guys who made Valhalla. But Valhalla plays much more closely to Origin than it ever did Odyssey. So it's like the people who made Odyssey looked at Origins and was like, that's a cool idea. Like the whole gear system is pretty cool. The whole like assisted exploration mode is pretty cool. The whole Mm -hmm. like, you know, like having combat be like viable and not just have stealthy stuff is kind of cool. Let's add that to our game. And then they did. And they also made a lot of changes to make it better. And then Valhalla came along and they were like, we're not going to look at the, what the other people are doing. We're just going to do Origin again. Uh-huh. With a couple couple, couple twists. Yeah. So well, that's interesting. Odyssey, when it, I, this may be more anecdotal than anything, so take it for what it is. I remember when Odyssey first uh, was announced and they started showing like previews of it. I can't 
help but feel like a lot of the reason for that game's success was the lesbian community. Just gonna be honest, because I distinctly remember that's how I heard about it, was just how excited everyone got about having this really hot buff girl that you could play as a queer woman and have these options all throughout the land. So I think that that, that endorsement really helped. The game is aggressively LGBT, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> not only is just the character you choose can, uh, can basically have romantic relationships with anyone, but like also the other characters you meet along the way um, have very clear inclinations as to to how they mm-hmm. act and to who they uh they they spend their time with so for sure it's, it was one of the most uh progressive games i would say for sure even though it's not really progressive i guess again kind of historically accurate right greece people are pretty very much more way more open about this kind of stuff than even right. we are today <laughs> so Especially in it, it kind of made yeah. sense <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I feel like that helped a lot, but I don't even want to touch but then football the whole thing with Cassandra and Ivor. Um okay, I'll touch it with like a twelve football, maybe. But um if you if you don't know This kind of this is a discussion that we could have in multiple parts anyway, so maybe we can have an entirely different chat about not only that, but like other instances and in, you know, culture where that was kind of thrust upon the queer yeah. audience when they weren't expecting yeah. it. There you go. So so that's another, maybe another good follow-up episode. But uh, to cut a story short, um, Cassandra and Ivor were both characters that were supposed to be female only. But then the executives of Ubisoft kind of threw a fit. They were like, if we have female leads in our game, no boys will buy our game. So put a male lead. And they kind of have to like rush last second, add like a male, male character and uh, kind of just make it like as fast as they could <laughs> to like make sure that all the options were available for a dude character because uh, both of those games did not really account into you playing as a dude because the game is supposed to be uh, female-centric. And that's also why, um, you know, the guy who did the voice of Alexius, the male counterpart of, of Odyssey, he did a bang job of what he got. But, you know, it just shows that it was kind of a rush job too. There's like a lot of voice lines you need to read and not a lot of time it's... It's not going to come out the best compared to like some of like Cassandra's readings where they're really, you know, there's a reason why she almost she got nominated for best best performance in the, the game awards. Well, and look what's come out about Ubisoft ever since then. So it kind of answers its own question, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ubisoft, uh, the idea of, of a bunch of uh, old uh, white men who are incredibly um impulsive thinking a game will not (laughs) i guess is a way to put it for sure thinking a game wouldn't sell because there isn't you can't play as a as a boy is uh you know kind of checks out doesn't it (laughs) makes sense when you think about it answers all the questions i think yeah precisely um that's a that's another reason too is like the the connections you have in this game also feel so much better because of these characters um lgbt or not it's just like there's just such amazing um beautiful characters that like even though like a lot of them are kind of like you know um they're stuck in their little quest lines like once you finish their quest line it's very rare that you'll see them again um mm-hmm. they still feel so real and like actually like a breathing living part of the world based on the interactions you have with them as opposed to Valhalla, where it just it's just everything just feels so static and so like soulless. Like it definitely, you never want to feel like you're playing a game and you're playing a game. You know, you kind of want to forget about everything for a second. 
Yeah, and especially not with these games because this is definitely kind of the foot that they decided to switch off on with these Assassin's Creed games was suddenly making them more uh, invested in like role playing. So I think when you accidentally create a world where you don't really care about any of the NPCs around you, then you don't really have a reason to care about the world. So that's kind of where they, one of the ways that they fell short in Valhalla was not making even the NPCs memorable. Whereas with Odyssey, I mean, you could talk to a farmer once and get his full life story within a couple of lines and feel like you had a great <laughs> interaction. It was just, it was insane how well they did all of the non-essential characters for that. The, I'll say there's the supporting voice actors kill it. They really oh, treat yeah. the scenery in a good way. They're oh, like, yeah. they, they know they have like, they know they have like four or five lines and they're they they delivered the best four they or five lines they got. Those four or five lines, yes. As as compared to like Valhalla, which again, it's like, uh, like I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's very few. I had um, when I played it, I managed to get like three, like uh, not three, four up at this point, like relationships in that game with other like uh, women characters in that game, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can only remember what they're like function in the game was i can't really remember their name or like personality traits like i know one was a huntress i know the other one was uh was like like you've turned into a lesbian boy in valhalla well you know you know what i would (laughs) i would i would even appreciate that that tag that's standard but the thing is like for you to be a boy you need to not care about the women I, I wanted to care about them. It's just that I legitimately didn't have a character. <laughs> I feel like the character, like when the when the guys were writing this writing the script, they just were like, uh, uh this woman, she's a woman. <laughs> and that's the character. <laughs> like there was not a lot to write home about. About someone without trying to directly be negative about them. I'll just be like, she has that personality disorder where she doesn't have one. And I think you just described <laughs> all relationships. Kind of, you know, like like I said, like I, I can tell one was a huntress because she was always hunting. The other one was like a tax woman because she was always talking about taxes and stuff. Um, the other one was like a merchant. Uh, yeah, and then you compare it to like, yeah, it's because they they never they didn't have anything that's that kind of like ma- made them unique or or like they didn't really talk that much and it really didn't have like any personality traits because again that's a, that's another thing right um you don't want to make you don't want to draw parallels to characters in like media to characters in real life to people mm-hmm. in real life right because some people are kind of like that some people are understated some people are kind of like you know they, they kind of keep to themselves right but when you're playing like a media it's like these characters have like again like i said they have like five six lines in the entire game so you want to make those five six lines memorable enough that you can like kind of gauge like what their character is mm-hmm. um because in real life you get to talk to the same person over and over again so even if they're kind of like understated and they don't talk much at least you get like a feeling for how they are but in video games it's like you, you you're lucky if you get like more than like five dialogue scenes with, with the same character so you need to make sure that the player reminds like knows who they are and what they're about and i didn't get any of that with valhalla like i said i got this character as a huntress because we went out to hunt and then we did yeah. a little archery competition thing and that's it and then when we were talking she's like i like to hunt hunting is cool and i'm like yeah that's cool and she's like yeah 
yeah, it's really cool. You're a good hunter. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. And that's, you know, that's it. It's like, a, what am I supposed to get out of this character? She's a huntress, I guess. <laughs> that's what I got out of her personality trait, huntress. So it's, uh, <laughs> compare this to like something like Odyssey, where like I can tell you like every single character, even the ones that are not romantic interests, are like even the ones that were romantic interests that I was not interested. It's like, mm -hmm. like Brazi does, like the Spartan, like hero wannabe. Like, such a cool character because he's, like, so full of bravado and he wants to be a hero so hard. <laughs> and he's really badass. It's just that it's just that, it's just that he never, you're always there before he is. So you're always, like, kind of stealing his thunder. So he gets mad at you, but it's kind of like a, a friendly kind of rivalry sort of thing. He's he's cool. He's awesome. So you have stuff like that, whereas in, in Valhalla, you really don't have anything like that. Like, people just have the personality of 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 like the it's it's like you can have mannequins with like their with their like the rolls like stapled on their face with like a like a post-it note you know like huntress blacksmith you know <laughs> farmer right. and that's like a, as about as good as personality as you're gonna get yeah definitely and i think that that is even funnier that they fall short on that because that's something that like even in fallout I think it's Fallout 4 where it's literally like you do one or two quests and then all of a sudden this person is like your follower and your romantic interest for the rest of the game. <laughs> Even that is a little yeah. bit more interesting than kind of how they played it in Valhalla where you're just like, okay, cool. I guess I'll call you next week. Like, get me out of here. I'm going to chew my yeah. arm off. It's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I can get, I'll call you next week so we can do exactly the same thing we just did now. And you're not even going to pretend like we just did it. We're just going to, we're just going to erase your memory. Yeah. I don't, the, this was fun. Yeah. I still respect you. Uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to meet my parents for sure. <laughs> If they hadn't died in the opening scene, it was so forgettable. I only just now remembered it. Ah, uh, yeah, that happened, right? <laughs> Which is cool because, uh, again, there's another parallel you can draw because your your parent, your character being an orphan is such a like a trope in like you know like a lot of a lot of games, especially RPG games, because having parents somehow weigh you down in the world and you can't really be weighed down in an open world game. So they they get around by that by just killing your parents. But even like. Um, odyssey has like a really cool way about it where it's like you get the idea that your character has like it's not that your parents died but they betrayed you and they're like mm -hmm. somewhere in the world but you don't want anything to do with them anymore up until the point where like it becomes relevant again which is like the the main drive of the main campaign but even then it's like they're they're talking about it kind of around it because your main character doesn't really want to talk about it. They kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, traumatize and repress. So they talk around it. Whereas in Valhalla, it's just kind of like never really addressed. They kind of put like, sometimes they talk about it, but you know, not that often. And you can't even forget your care, your, your, you know, Ivor's uh, father was supposedly like a super, super like powerful y'all that was like really, really cool and awesome. And everybody liked him. Because it literally doesn't play anything into the game yeah. uh, ever. So, Which, I mean, I, I do have to give it that, though. In that respect, Valhalla is, does play it a lot like most role-playing games do. I mean, think about even if we're playing something like Dungeons & Dragons. For the most part, a lot of us don't have parents because it's more work to write up that backstory if we do. So... Uh, they very much played it in Valhalla just like you would like a Dungeons and Dragons right. whereas but with Odyssey professional writers. more in depth <laughs> because it was just like they're 
they like throughout the game show you these tiny little pieces like fragments from uh, let's say Cassandra because that's who I played as you're playing like yeah. these little parts in her memory but she just is very much like a warrior and she's like you know what I'll think about this for two seconds and then after that I've got shit to do and then it isn't until it starts to become something that is actively part of the main quest line that you really address any of it which I think is more like true to life yeah well, that's what I was gonna say you if you want to give them like the benefit of that I'll be like oh it's just easier if you write this way I'm gonna agree with you. It's much easier if you write it this way. But they're professional writers. They're supposed to write something that's good, <laughs> something that's easy on them to do. <laughs> if you want something that's easy, you can just ask anyone to do. But they're being paid to write something really good, so it's also their chance to write something good. So if they didn't, it's kind of kind of sad that they didn't. My dad entered into a deal with Osmodius, and he collected. So now I don't have a dad anymore. Okay, well, I guess that we can't do anything else with that, huh? And we're also also never gonna bring it up ever, and it's gonna have literally no impact into how your character plays, how they think. And if you if we have a campaign that actually brings the fact that you have a father, you're just gonna pretend it never existed because that's exactly. easier. <laughs> that's why we killed Osmodius two rounds ago, so you don't ever have to worry about this again. Don't even think about it. Worry about who? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 a it 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 it's a interesting way of, of of putting it just because yeah you don't want you don't want your characters to like you don't want your characters to be to feel like they're they're there's just an empty shelf of the player unless you want them to be like that right mm -hmm. there's plenty of games like um role-playing games like skyrim and stuff where you make your own character where like that's actually really good to have because you want the player to really feel like they're um they're um you know, making their own character, and it's like it's all like player choice and and whatnot. So it's it's that that is really important. Yeah, definitely. But I think that the way that Skyrim kind of gets away with that is just the fact that it leaves enough of the world open to where you can put your own interpretation on the events that are happening. Oh, so yeah. when you create your character, you're just like, oh. Um, well, I decided that my parents are in Riften, and I'm going back to Riften to find them. And then when they're not there, you can just be like, oh, you know, they had to leave because of the war. Where with Valhalla, you never really get the chance to examine that ever again. <laughs> like, Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you get away with that, with like something like Skyrim, because you're making your own character. You don't make Ivor. Ivor is a character set in stone with a set backstory, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you said that much like, better I could have just it doesn't give you anything to play off of no there's absolutely nothing because that's also another thing too like with these games you always have like the little moral choices you can pick between this or that um mm -hmm. in in odyssey the choices are always like cassandra can never not be cassandra it's very similar to something like mass effect you can play a mean cassandra you can play mm -hmm. a, a good-hearted Cassandra. You can play a no-nonsense Cassandra. But Cassandra is Cassandra, and there's really no way you're gonna change that. So Cassandra is never gonna like just murder people for the fun of it because that's not the character. That's not who she mm -hmm. is. Like you, that's where you get a little bit of dissonance, of course, because you as the player you can do that, but that's not something Cassandra would do. Um, whereas in Valhalla, it's just kind of really hard to gauge who Ivor is because the the lack of characterization really makes it difficult for you to even like comprehend like what would you even do <laughs> what right. would you even do like because 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 there's like with, with with cassandra you have like these really long 
multi-part quest lines that involve a lot of moral choices and a lot of talking to people whereas in Valhalla mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know like a two-part quest where most of it is just like beating the shit out of farmers so yeah well and that was that kind of points back to what I said earlier about the entire world just like make me care about it make me care enough to make this decision and make me care enough to make what I think would be the best decision and once again just didn't get that with Valhalla with Odyssey, I knew that there were some things like I could say it with an attitude, but she was still going to fucking help because that's who Cassandra is. And I just I didn't feel any real sense of consequence in Valhalla, not just with like the dialogue, but with the world in general. I didn't feel like anything I did mattered. And it makes it very hard to be engaged in a world in a role playing aspect when you don't feel like anything you do matters to anything else. For sure. I think it's like a huge part of it is also because uh, like Ivor and we talked about this before, but Ivor is just such a like a cool character that is also like very uninteresting. Like Ivor is suffers from the Mary Sue aspect. Yes. She's someone that from the outside. Yeah. Like that would be if I was trying to decide on a, uh, in a role-playing woman to model myself after yeah absolutely she totally has the you know the look the the uh strength like everything you would expect to look at and be like that's the kind of hero i want to play but she's got no kind of personality to really like back it up either and that's what made cassandra so fun was because even at her nicest she still had an edge to her and she never let you forget that she was in charge of every situation so it was just a lot more fun to play yeah because ivor is just is just ivor is just too good right like mm-hmm. one of the, the things i really like about cassandra is that she is um she is a a warrior she's a mercenary first and uh-huh. foremost she's a she's a, a a very straightforward kind of 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 of, of a soldier a that just goes and get things done yeah um so when so whenever you get into like conversations and dialogues that are very philosophical in nature, she makes an effort to try to like understand and try to you know like even uh, like try to learn something from them. But at, uh, in her core, she is she's just you know a very common person coming from a very common background, and she's just trying to get get through the day. So she has a very like um, mentality. She has a very like a uh, personality that really radiates uh, no nonsense. She doesn't mm-hmm. understand why people are talking about aliens. She does not understand why these crazy, weird beings that look like gods want to try. She just wants to solve things. She just want to make sure everything is going smoothly for her. And that's like very, yeah. very nice, right? Because because she's it just goes to show that she's not like she doesn't really has like a super high <laughs> like a. Uh, image of herself in her head she's mm-hmm. willing to just be like okay i'm not the smartest person in the room i i, I clearly don't know what i'm talking about but you people are all insane right. <laughs> you people are clearly clearly talking about something that has no bearing one of my favorite um dialogues in this game is when you actually get to meet socrates and socrates starts talking like a bunch about philosophy and what is right and what is wrong and uh-huh. basically all of her options are just like can you please stop for one second? Like what you're talking about has no bearing to what actually is happening. And it's interesting as a hypothetical, 
but it doesn't really mean anything right now, <laughs> which is like such a great thing because it's like you're you're actually as a character you're outing yourself as a non intellectual, but you mm -hmm. don't care because this this stuff bores you, and that is like a great like concept for or just basic character writing, right? Like your character to be interesting needs to have flaws, where yeah. Ivor, Ivor Ivor can do no wrong. She is the yeah. best warrior. She's the best poet. She's the smartest seer. She's like the, the best at everything. And she like literally has like a, a like a uh, like an a witty comment or witty answer for everything. And she's literally like the best of the best. And she can do nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. just it's very cool. It's very cool starting up. But when you start realizing that this is she's just like it's the not coolest and the best. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not not very. Yeah, and I'll agree, and and I'll even take it a step further and say that had in Odyssey the writers tried to also paint Cassandra as an ap academic right up there with Socrates and all these other like great philosophical players, I would have had the exact same reaction as I had to Ivor being perfect at everything. Like, okay, now now this is boring. I like. Yeah, how self-aware she is. She's like, okay, I get this as a very basic concept, but what I need you to do right now is shut up and tell me exactly what you need because I've got shit to do. Like, in you know, maybe later we can talk over a drink, but right now I got. <laughs> Which is also very interesting because again, it's a it's a role playing game where you get a lot of um, choices, right? So when you're talking mm -hmm. this philosophical stuff with like Socrates or Hippocrates, it's like you get a chance to like. Like dismiss them outright, say like whatever they're talking is way out of your pay grade. Uh, you get a chance to like try to sound, um, you know, like like you're interested, like like just being like I don't understand what you're talking about. Can you break this down for me in a in a more simple terms? Or mm -hmm. you get like usually you get an option to to like try to actually engage them in conversation at their level. But again, this is why the the voice acting, uh, the voice talent is so important, right? Because mm -hmm. you do get an option in most of these conversations to be that intelligent person, this academic person. But the way Cassandra comes across is not as someone who's actually like an academic, but rather someone who's like trying to call someone shit out. And she's clearly just annoyed at it. Like she's mm -hmm. not actually interested in it. She's just trying to get them to shut up by like trying to have a gotcha kind of answer to something. So like right. when Socrates starts talking about the morality of men, like she, for example, there's one mission in a game where Socrates tells you that a man has been imprisoned because he wouldn't fight in the war. So he was like, well, a good soul would be inclined to go free that man. And if you go to free that man, um, you realize that when you free that man, the man didn't want to fight in war because he was a sociopath. He was a complete crazy psychopath and he just wanted to murder people that weren't fighting back. Mm -hmm. So that's why he was imprisoned. So you have a chance to either kill him or let him go. So after that, you come to talk to Socrates again. And Socrates starts talking about like, um, you know, like, oh, the morality of men and how this and this and that. And Cassandra just goes like, regardless about the morality of men, Socrates, if you hadn't told me and if you hadn't nudged me towards doing it, I wouldn't have done it. And he's like, but isn't that interesting in of itself? And she's like, yeah, that may be interesting, but you are the action of this. I am just a cause. And Socrates mm -hmm. is like, well, shit, I guess you're right. <laughs> and again, that is an that is a an, an academic response. It's an intelligent response to his questions, but at the same time, it very comes across as someone who's tired of his shit and he's just like, Can you please stop talking about philosophy for one second and focus in real life for a moment? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, and and I think that that's it's, one of the things that makes her fun as a character too is that you can tell that you know had she been born into different circumstances, her life would have turned out very differently because she can think on her feet. She's athletic. She's charismatic. Like she would have survived even if she'd been born into nobility. But the fact that she was born having to fight for everything means that now she really doesn't feel like taking anyone's shit. She doesn't care how famous they are. And it's just, it makes her even more fun to play, especially in dialogue roles with, because there's always something that at least for me, in the options that made me just go, all right, this is fucking hilarious. I can't not choose it. So it's just <laughs> right. been fun. She's I guess, fun. I guess that also draws a parallel to like, uh, you touched on a very good point I hadn't thought about. Ivor never, doesn't really have a life of struggle, does the, 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 her. She, she's does she? She's kind of like... No, they tried to set it up with that very early like trauma but aside from that like she kind of gets a free pass to live her life how she wants after that yeah kind of just raiding and pillaging to her heart's content the, and the funny thing is that the biggest trauma ivor has is the trauma that um her her y'all they write her king is going to swear fealty to uh the king of the king of uh of denmark so she Ivor is no longer gonna be like in line for the throne, and and no longer gonna have like independence to to search for something, for for her own glory. So like that's the biggest trauma you have. The biggest trauma you have is that <laughs> she's not gonna be privileged. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like oh oh my god, I'm not gonna be as famous as I could be. <laughs> Woe is me. Which again, I it's hard to. That's where like it's hard to draw the line, right? Because it's like, for a Viking, I'm sure, you know, like, that is extremely important for you. That is very important for you because you want to have that legacy. You want that to be a thing um, because it's incredibly important to, to, to have your, your clan be led to, to greater, greater aspects, right? Right. Um, it's to have your name live on as um, an honorable yeah, but that's just such a, a lame and lackluster like uh, aspect of it, right? Because it's it's not it's not gonna be what you want. But again, like I was saying, that is such a a cool, interesting aspect because it's it's a very good reason in real life. It's just that the way they set it up is just not very interesting, right? It's mm-hmm. like I, I feel like there's could be better ways to set it up. Maybe it's like oh, maybe Ivor could be someone like whose father's dying wish was like oh make my clan well known or you know like make our mark among the stars and then he died that'd be a good like you know like you want to honor your father's memory and be like i'm gonna do what i can you know and like no ivor really wants glory and then she can't have glory anymore and then she's like pissed (laughs) and that's it it's like i don't know it's what most of our complaints about valhalla kind of boil down to is just the fact that there were a lot of places where they could have come up with this really interesting storyline to explain a lot of the things that that game falls short on, but it just felt like the effort wasn't there. It kind of, like you said, it kind of felt like they found out with Origins that they had this formula, and that's what they were going to stick with, by God, without examining what came in between and what made that work. If they'd integrated those two yeah. things, Valhalla would not have been, we wouldn't have been able to touch it. We wouldn't have had a criticism against it. But there were just so many things that fell through the cracks that made Odyssey 
as epic as it is that it ugh. I I hate yeah, complaining that so much, but I, I feel like they're all valid too, so I can't feel too bad about it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same because Valhalla definitely shows it's it's a game. Unlike other games that Ubisoft has put out, like Ghost Recon Breakpoint and, um, you know, like Ascension and other stuff, or, or sorry, it's like Immortal Phoenix. Um, like st- Games like that, it's like, it, it, they feel soulless, right? They feel like they're yeah. made to capitalize on on something. And then and, and Valhalla doesn't have that feeling. It definitely feels like the people, the team working on it, they really wanted to produce exactly what they delivered. And aside from some minor hiccups, I, it feels like they, they achieved the vision that they wanted. It's just a shame because, yeah, as you said, it feels like they they didn't really bother looking at what other people were doing with the franchise. And they didn't bother looking at what their competitors were doing and just did what they, they thought was most comfortable. And it turns out to be not the best for the game. Yeah. And once again, because we're holding it up against Odyssey, you know, I still maintain, had yes. we gotten to Valhalla first we would have been in love with that and been like, Oh, great. You know, if they just keep along this vein and improve a couple little things, they'll be perfect. But just the fact that those games timed out the way that they did in Odyssey came first, I, it had a much bigger shadow to work against than it would have otherwise. A hundred percent. It's just, it's a, it's definitely a thing where like, it's just a lack of uh of progression, like like a lack of ev- uh, evolution on their on their part, because Origin did good, Odyssey did best, and then <laughs> and then Valhalla did gooder. Like you're not so you're supposed to be like one behind the best, you know. Exactly, you're supposed yeah. to be the bestest now, but you're just the you're just the gooder. So it's like yeah, Valhalla, yeah, Valhalla which was is a shame. supposed to be the thing that took Odyssey to gooder because you know obviously Odyssey has shortcomings too. I'm not trying to hold it up as a paragon of a perfect game, but since we're doing a comparison, it definitely seems like one, you know, when you're looking at it from the Valhalla viewpoint. And then Jackie proceeded to talk about builds for 20 minutes, and it was very boring. Moving on with the show. Yeah, any uh, closing thoughts on Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, and Odyssey? Um, I think my only closing thought is just going to be, we'll probably definitely touch on this again. There was a lot we couldn't get to and a lot we both like and dislike about each of the games um, that we can definitely do a more in-depth dive on in the future. For sure. And um, for me, I would say if you're ever interested in Assassin's Creed, uh, just play Odyssey. And if you're really interested, maybe try to give him Valhalla if it's on sale or something. It's not a bad game, not by far. It's just that, as Steph said, when... When comparing it to Odyssey, it just kind of falls falls a bit short. Yeah, and unfortunately, Odyssey came first, so it it Ubisoft set a standard that they weren't just quite able to measure up to with Valhalla, and that's what it all boils down to. Not a bad game on its own, just in comparison. Yeah, sounds like a pretty good pretty good place to stop. So this has been Arcade Militia. I'm Jackie here with Steph. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and support us on Patreon or Coffee if you do have inclination for that. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Each, each skill tree for the for um each type of player you can you can possibly be
Yeah, and on this one, the one I just started, I'm doing a um, sneaky tank, which I haven't tried to do before, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> a stank? <laughs> yeah, stank! <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that sneaky board? Tank, it got stank. stanked. 